Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, the 2017 Radio Sports Broadcaster of the Year on the show with back-to-back Montana Broadcaster Association Awards for sports coverage and award-winning sports journalism. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The week at its midway point in the Big Sky Conference, second week of play. And a roundtable with a former Grizz and NFL football player, Dallas Neal. It is Tutel and Nuanas on 102.9 ESPN Radio and around the state on SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. We are broadcasting live from the spacious, beautiful, comfortable confines of the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy and online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can also find us on the World Wide Web, 102. ESPN.com. There you can listen live on the stream. It's on the Listen Live tab. The stream available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call, well, you go right ahead. 329-1899, area code 406. That should cover the whole state. Pretty easy. 329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look. And what we got in the show today on a Wednesday afternoon, we're going to start off, Coulter and I, talking about Montana, Montana State, and just some thoughts. We've been talking a lot, Coulter and I have, about uh, these two teams and the forthcoming games that they, they, they each have. So we're going to cover some of that stuff. It is, after all, a Wednesday, so we're going to take your calls and do some trivia for a Wing It Wednesday. Send you out to the Desperado Sports Tavern to uh, do some trivia, get some wings that way. We'll do some of that stuff. We also are going to have Kevin Tom. He is the quarterback for Sacramento State. He is outstanding. He's been uh, uh, a good quarterback, a very good quarterback in this uh, league for a while. He is only a junior because he's gotten a couple of years back from injury. So he's uh, a veteran guy, but still has a lot of football ahead of him. The quarterback of the Sacramento State Hornets. They are playing the game of the week. We're going to try and preview the game of the week in the Big Sky Conference, regardless of whether it involves the Cats or the Grizz. This week, the game of the week, Eastern Washington at Sac State. Sac State better than than people expected. Eastern Washington, not as good as people expected. And I'll tell you something. We did this on the FCS Speculators podcast today. Sacramento State is favored 
in this game by two and a half points. So, uh, you know, make of that what you will. But we'll have him on. We will also, uh, in the second hour, have our ESPN roundtable. Remember now, that has moved to Wednesdays within the show, the ESPN roundtable, and then is tomorrow at noon, Thursdays at noon, where that will air uh, again uh, the, uh, uh, what do they call that? Well, the second running, right? The encore performance of the ESPN roundtable at noon uh, on 102.9 ESPN Radio in uh, Western Montana. This week, Dallas Neal, former Grizzly uh, punter and uh, an outstanding one at that, and then went all the way to the NFL, played for the Falcons and the Jets, and uh, he has got a story for you. In fact, he's got a bunch of stories for you, Uh, but his route to make it into the NFL, something else, really remarkable, and uh, he's back in town uh, and uh, runs a couple of uh, different entities, uh, entrepreneurs, some gyms and the uh, the Source Health Club and so on, so uh, fun to sit down and talk with him, so we got uh, all of that for you on the show. The uh, show Outlook, it is brought to us by our friends over at MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Missoula Gutter Cleaning, your source for all things gutter cleaning. Make it easy on yourself, the most fun, the most insured. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Coulter is on his way back from practice right now. He will be here very, very shortly to talk about all things Cats and Grizz here as he was uh, down at practice talking to Bobby Houck. But I wanted to talk a little bit here with you about the uh, Montana-Idaho State football game. Idaho State... Uh, has been in sort of an interesting situation. I think they get overlooked a lot, partially because they've been historically mediocre at best, and also because they just, you know, they build this stadium there in, what, 1970-something, and it hasn't been touched since then, and it looks the part, and it's just this weird, odd thing out there. But Rob Fennessy has got that thing rolling a little bit. He is uh, obviously coming in there and uh, has, has great energy and has, you know, kind of a different approach to things, which in Pocatello I think you kind of need. Uh, to a certain extent, and uh, and he's got a quarterback who's gone out there and uh, this past weekend, Matt Strzok throwing 14 of 23 for 332 yards and six touchdowns. Six touchdowns on 14 receptions, which we talked about. I mean, how impressive that was is that Idaho State pounded uh, Portland State 51-24. But the thing to me is, uh, Coulter will say more about this. He, he you know, the, the Grizz coming off of their performance on Saturday, how could you not be impressed with that? How could they not be favored? And, of course, they are favored. And, and I think everybody kind of on the outside is expecting Montana to win this football game. I think a lot of Grizz Nation is is over-the-top excited with the performance they saw on Saturday and excited to welcome Montana home for homecoming in this football game against Idaho State. And particularly when you look at the rest of the conference slate at home, Weber State, Idaho Eastern Washington, those are the three other home games in conference. If you looked at the conference games, this one against Idaho State would be the kind of one where you go, yeah, you know, okay, win for Montana. Now, you would probably say that about Idaho as well, but it's the rivalry, you know, uh, continuing to be renewed now that Idaho is back in the Big Sky Conference. So that one kind of gets circled a little bit. And then Weber State and Eastern, I mean, those are, you know, two of the other best teams in the conference, at least was, you know, they, we, we, we thought that they were. And uh, certainly Weber State has borne that out eastern washington's kind of we'll see what's going on there but uh, obviously those are games that, that the the fan base is going to be up for but when you talk about idaho state it's going like okay you know okay the Bengals will come montana will whip them and that'll be that i'm not so sure about it i'm not so sure about it and i think you'll be interested to hear Coulter's thoughts about it because he really likes montana in this game and i do as well but i'm telling you what this idaho state team is really really good and matt struck he's a kid who bounced around a little bit, was uh, sitting behind some guys playing Division I football, then transferred, and uh, I think it was even at a junior college, and then transferred into Idaho State, then was hurt. But when he has been available and when he has played, if you look at the games that he started, been the full, you know, you got him through the whole game, he's been outstanding. I mean, really, really good. And I'm excited to see this kid play. And then, look, let's be honest, Montana is going to be Idaho State's, you know, first real test uh, uh, defensively, certainly uh, in that regard, and so this is going to be you know a big proving ground, a proving moment for Idaho State. But you know, with uh, Mitch Guller, who is you know one of, if not the best athlete as a wide receiver and just an outstanding wide receiver in his own right, and Matt Struck, I think this team's going to be better than what people think, and I think a lot of people uh, in uh, Western Montana and who are uh, followers of uh, the University of Montana Grizzlies think that it's all about the Grizz and what they're able to do and that they're just the better team, and they probably are. But I do think that uh, you got to 
consider and give a little bit of respect to these other teams and what they bring to the table, especially when you got a guy like Rob Fennessy, who was the offensive coordinator for Bobby Houck at the University of Montana, and then again at UNLV, and knows Bobby Houck intimately what he wants to do uh, in, in a bunch of different ways, which Bobby Houck referred to in the press conference uh, earlier this week, you know, talking about how Montana is going to have to change some things up, is going to have to do some things differently to ensure that, you know, that, 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 Rob Fennessy can't just read the tarot cards, read the tea leaves, and 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 you know know what Montana is going to be up to. And certainly, uh, both sides are well aware of that and and the gamesmanship that is at play. With that, we welcome in Coulter back from practice. Hello, Coulter. Hello. How was Bobby today? He's in a very good mood. One would think. <laughs> One would think the opposite. You're I would right. think you're actually right because what does Coach Hauk hate more than anything? Winning. Everybody. Well, no, he loves winning. <laughs> he he loves winning you know, more than anything. He hates he hates losing more than anything. But what he hates second most behind losing is when people are trying to say, "Oh, great win, great job, How great are you?" Yes, yes. Because he's like, "No, you can tell me that after we win 15 consecutive games yeah. and we are the national champions." Yeah. Never satisfied. Yeah. Uh, you know, Coach Hauk was good today. Um, we'll have that inter- for, interview for you later on uh, this week. But I was listening to your intro, and I think that what – last night I did my deep dive. Uh, go check out skyonsportsmt.com for our first look. Uh, we always do a first look article with just general thoughts on the game, the two teams, and then quick hitting facts about the whoever the Montana, Montana State's playing, the coach, yep. and then six players to watch, three on offense, three on defense. And what you said, you know, people around here think that Montana's is so much better than Idaho State. Well, let's start with the skill guys. Ty Flanagan's better than any running back on Montana's roster. So advantage Idaho State. Idaho State's offensive line is better than Montana's. Advantage Idaho State. The only two receivers I would rank in the top seven in the Big Sky Conference that don't... Let's take that back. The only two receivers I would rank in the top five in the Big Sky Conference that don't play for Montana play at Idaho State. Mitch Guller, and Mikey Dean. And I, I actually voted those two guys as two of my three preseason all-big sky guys. Great testament to Mike Ferreter, because Mike Ferreter has recruited and coached all of these guys yep. between the two locations. Uh, and that'll be an interesting factor. We'll get into that a little bit, too. I asked Coach Houck about that exact thing, because this is a homecoming for Mike Ferreter on homecoming weekend, but he just happens to be coaching for the Idaho State Bengals. So I'm sure a surreal experience for Mike Ferreter. No doubt. Because he's been back here before as a uh, wide receivers coach, but now he's the offensive coordinator, and now he's not he's not coaching receivers against a Mick Delaney coach team. He's coordinating an offense and matching wits with the guy who was his head coach in college in Bobby Houck and then his mentor in the coaching business because Mike Ferreter's first job was as a graduate assistant at UNLV. But So you look at just that, just the offensive. I mean, you're talking about maybe – a tiny, tiny slight advantage for Montana with the wide receivers just because they got three instead of two, but not much. And I'd put Mitch Guller up there with anybody. And Jerry Lou McGee, one of the fastest guys in the league. Guess who's the only guy I would say is faster? Gabe Solser. <laughs> and, and Mikey Dean. Yeah. Gabe Solser and Mikey Dean are great parallels because they're very they're small track guys that are incredibly explosive football players too. Here's one for you. Mikey Dean was second in the entire state of, or he led the state of California, second in the entire country in high school in rushing yards. 2,555 yards rushing and 37 touchdowns his senior year during a 10 game season. Think of that. Yeah. 255 yards a game. But let me ask you this because this game is so interesting from a coaching standpoint because of the overlap that you talked about and the history and all that. But if you were going to give a nod to a coaching staff here, it would be the Montana coaching staff. When you talk about Rosenbaugh and, and, uh, uh, and Bobby Houck and what they have managed to do and the way that this offense has been able to roll. and Maybe. I mean, Idaho State, since Mike Ferrer took over as offensive coordinator, they've scored 38 or more points in 10 of their last 15 games. It's fine. I just think that that when you talk, and, and I mean, it's both, both sides of the ball. I mean, Kent Bear, Barry Sachs, the guys defensively, what they've been up to. Impressive stuff. Totally. And so, th- but the point is, is that for as well as, Ferreter, Fennessy, no Bobby Houck, it's a two-way street, right? I mean, he 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 knows those guys inside and out and knows what they're up to as well. And so I think this is, uh, uh, you know, an open book. This will be a lot of fun to see the the chess game that bears out on Saturday afternoon in Washington Grizzly Stadium. It, it will, and it'll also be interesting to see just the dynamic of so many coaches, when they come in, they have a vision, 
they want to make their own vision or they're talking about their mentor or whatever. But when Rob Fennessy took the Idaho State job, I mean, let's go through the timeline here. Idaho State's coming out of spring ball in 2017. Mike Kramer is about to enter his seventh season at the helm at Idaho State. He abruptly, quote-unquote, retires. He was forced out. He was fired basically swiftly. What was the domino that fell there? Rob Fennessy, who'd been the assistant head coach there at Idaho State since 2014 and was a lot of people assumed was the heir apparent, well, he took the assistant head coach and wide receiver's job at Northern Iowa for Mark Farley. He had that job for six days. In the meantime, Mike Kramer was forced to retire, and former athletic director Jeff Tingey brought Rob Fennessy back in. Jeff Tingey had a plan all along to have Rob Fennessy be the guy who came after Mike Kramer. And why did he want that? Because of Rob Fennessy's ties to Montana. And when Rob Fennessy took that job, he said, hey, I, I learned everything that I know from Bobby Houck, and I want our program to exemplify the same ethics, the same values, the same personality, the same identity as what Montana was in the 2000s. That's all great and fine and dandy, and it's, a, it's an admirable thing, especially when you're a guy that worked as the offensive coordinator on seven straight Big Sky title teams. It's going to be a fascinating dynamic, though, because I don't know if Rob Fennessy ever expected to actually have Bobby Houck back at Montana right. and then have to play against him. How do you handle that situation? The other thing that we haven't covered here, Coulter, because you went through all the other positions, but you did not talk about quarterback. Well, that's the other thing, and I want to get into Matt Strzok a little bit, too. Matt Strzok's outstanding, but he's not Dalton Sneed. Remains to be seen, because here's the thing. We we only have have two games and one and a half quarters of film on Matt Strzok ever since high school. And it's very good. So if you want to know, I mean, Matt Strzok, he's from a tiny town in Oregon, didn't get recruited out of high school, really. He went to Riverside Community College. And you say, okay, well, how does a guy get out of a, a community college? How does a guy get out of a California JC unless he's really productive? Well, at Riverside Community College, we've talked about Travis Johnson's saga at Montana State. Travis yeah. Johnson was at Oregon. He broke his foot. He ends up losing the starting job to Dakota Prukop. Then all of a sudden, he ends up losing the starting job to Justin Herbert. He can't climb back up the depth chart. He goes to Riverside Community College, thinks he's going to start. All of a sudden, Victor Viramontes, who's the California State Player of the Year, who then committed to Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, decommitted and went to play for, at Minnesota for P.J. Fleck. He doesn't like Fleck. He transfers in ahead of both Travis Johnson and Matt Strzok. So Matt Strzok was actually the third-string quarterback at Riverside Community College. No stats from his college career. None. I, I actually wanted to text Mike Ferriter and ask him, how did you guys have the evaluation on a guy that doesn't have any game film? Obviously, they went to a camp or practice and saw him and liked him, but that's a bold move to take a guy who has no college game film. So then Matt Strzok comes out, and he throws for over 400 yards against Western Colorado. And then last week, he threw 343 yards and six touchdowns against Portland State. But we don't know. He, he's been outstanding, but the offense is outstanding. And that's uh, you're right. He's not Dalton Sneed. And who has he played against is the other part of it. Well, I totally. Mean, Portland State's defense is pretty Darton, defense. I mean, what, Dalton's, the worst game of Dalton Sneed's career came against Portland State. Straight up, point right. blank period. Dalton Sneed completed one of 12 passes in the first half last year against Portland State. And Matt Strzok just lit that defense straight, lit him up. So I, I, it's it, you're not you're not going out on a limb by saying Dalton Sneed's better than Matt Strzok. It's tr- it's probably true. But what I'm saying is for their offense, Matt Strzok could be incredibly special. We it remains to be seen. We don't have a sample size because, like you said, they haven't played very many challenging opponents, and we just we don't really know. Well, here's the thing: you, it is not only is it not out on a limb, it is a fact that Dalton Sneed is better than Matt Strzok at this very moment. Period, because he's done it. And Matt Strzok has been around for two seconds. But those two seconds have been very, very good. And he deserves, like, that's the thing that people need to understand because they're not going to know who this guy is. And you need to know he's a very good player and has been very productive in the time that he's had. He's also going to be going up against a defense that he has not seen before in the University of Montana Grizzlies. And it's going to be a major change for him. That said, I expect him and that offense, which is very talented, to score on Saturday. They're going to put some points on the board for Idaho State, and I think that this is a a team that is good. So I am giving them their due, but I am just saying that they are struggling Dalton Steve. That's just it. Idaho State's offense is beautiful in its simplicity. They're going to pound you with inside zone and counter over and over and over again. When you start to creep up, bombs. That's all they do. They throw bombs. Mitch Guller, this is an incredible stat. Mitch Guller has 134 catches in his career, which his, his career high for catches in a season is only 62, and they had 36 and 36. So 36, 36, 62, no crazy catch numbers. 
in those years, he had more than 800 yards the first two years and then had 1,269 yards last year. On 134 catches, he's averaging 19.9 yards per catch for his career. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's 20, a, 20 yards per reception forever. <laughs> if you, Remarkable. And, and Mikey Dean might be one of the most entertaining players I've ever seen. He's the Jerry Louie McGee of the Big Sky that's not at Montana. Yeah. he He's... He's significantly smaller than Jerry Lou McGee. And he also might be straight up deadline speed faster. That's an insane thing. I mean, he he's five foot five, 150 pounds. That's what they list him at. You're not going to find a college football player anywhere in Division One that's that small. Yeah. The kid had full ride track offers all over the country. He's a California state champion in the hundred meters. Think about how fast your legs have to move to run a 10-6 when you're five five. I can't. He also, though, had the second-best pole vault mark in the nation at 15-8 when he was in high school. The kid can long jump 24 feet. He's an absolutely ridiculous athlete. He just happens to be tiny. But him and Guller combined, I mean, you got the six foot three guy who's fast and has unbelievable jumping ability and unbelievable hands. Then you have the tiny little five foot six guy over here who's fast as lightning. It's a great combination when all you really are trying to do is push the tempo, push the, and stretch the field. And that's what makes Idaho State dangerous on offense. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, that can take care of you. T-Tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Let's shift into the Montana State game. They head to San Luis Obispo to take on Cal Poly. And Cal Poly coming off a uh, uh, a win, 24-21 over Southern Utah in a game that was played in a uh, in a tornado wrapped up in a snow, you know, storm wrapped up in a in a in a, in a post-apocalyptic day in Cedar City. So it was a weird day, but a day that nonetheless Cal Poly came out on top of. The Cats are 0-2 in their history on the road at San Luis Obispo, which is uh, pretty remarkable. That was in 2014 and 2005. That said... It's crazy that Montana has played Cal Poly so much and has played in San Luis Obispo so much. It's because both Joe Glenn and Bobby Houck wanted to play Cal Poly early because it's a great test. If you play Cal Poly first, that's exactly when you want to play them. And Bobby Houck used to do that all the time. Let's play Cal Poly first, because then we can spend all fall camp getting ready for the triple option, which then in turn gets you ready from a toughness standpoint, from a tackling standpoint, and then you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. The triple option is so challenging when you just played Northern Arizona. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you play them first. But it's interesting that you said that. They've only played San Luis Obispo twice. And, I mean, and we we know the struggles that Montana has historically had with uh, Cal Poly and uh, Montana State, at least on the road, has as well. That said, it's only two game, two game sample size, and this is a whole group of new everything uh, for Montana State and uh, outside of the coach, new for uh, uh, you know Cal Poly as well. Uh, this is a game that uh, Montana State looks to me built to play, uh, particularly defensively. When you know it's going to be physical, and you know you're going to have to make a ton of tackles, and you know that you're going to have to be, you know, gap sound and do your assignment, and then go stick your nose in it, play after play after play. But Montana's front seven, in particular, are very capable of that. And on the flip side, I mean, Montana, it is not clear that this isn't just the triple option versus the triple option. I mean, Montana State is running back there with four. Five quarterbacks, you know, catching the ball under center. We have no idea what's going to happen in terms of the amount 
or even whom will play the quarterback position when it comes to throwing the ball, whether that's going to be Tucker Rovig or Casey Bauman or somebody else or nobody else. Uh, so that's all an open conversation. But, you know, the the, the juicy matchup on this thing, uh, when you just look at it on the face of it, is is the Cal Poly offense versus the Montana State defense. And this feels like two, two, two teams and two styles <coughs> that just want to get in the trenches and go to war against each other. Absolutely. And I, th- I find this fascinating because Montana State has been elite in certain areas defensively, and they have been banged up in other areas. But this is a game where I don't think that those guys that have been hindered are going to be necessary. Munchie Filer practiced this week. He's been out all year. Yeah. And I, I want to ask you this. Do you need him or do you not? Because here's the thing. You're playing the triple option, but J.J. Koski's averaging 22 yards per catch. J.J. Koski's third in the league in receiving yards per game. Who will be on with us later on this week. And Jalen Hamler, the quarterback, is a much better thrower than anybody that they've had since they joined the big sky. They're throwing for about 175 yards a game, which is twice as much as they usually throw for. Correct. And almost all of them are down the field shots to Koski. So, one on one side, you could say, okay, we don't want to play Filer this week because we don't want to get banged up against the triple option. On the other side, you say, hey, you got no responsibility when it comes to the triple option. You identify J.J. Koski in the pregame. You follow him around until the final buzzer sounds, and that's it. Yeah. What do you think? Uh I think it comes down to the same thing that it always comes down to. If a guy is healthy enough to go, wants to go, and you feel good about that, then you play him. I limiting a guy and 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 that I get it, but on a, on one hand and yet on the other hand, look, man, if if Munchie Fowler's back there covering Koski, and all of a sudden Cal Poly, which they're going to need to do Saturday, breaks one, you know, finds finds a gap, is deceptive in the triple option or whatever. You got to go make that tackle, like period. You got to go track that guy down and get physical and and make the play. And you know if you can do that without injuring yourself further and so forth, then 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 play. And if that is going to be a problem, then I don't think you go out there. It is an upper body injury, right? It's like a shoulder or arm for Munchie Filer. So in terms of his running ability, obviously that's not compromised, and that's something that you could use greatly if you're Montana State to to stick with Koski, but. Uh, unless you're unless you're really ready to go, and especially against that team, man, because you are at some point, you're just going to have to make a hard tackle against Cal Poly. Just going, it doesn't matter who you are, what position you're playing, you're going to have to make that play at some point, and probably more than once, even on, even as a corner. So, are you prepared to do that? And if you're not, then just then then no, then you can't play in this football game. I also think we talked about this a lot, but there's so much of a narrative coming out of the offseason always. We have so much depth at this spot. We have so much depth at this spot. It's so hard for guys to ever actually get on the field. Like, the Grizz have so much re- receiver depth, right? Gabe Solcer's unbelievably talented. He's not. He didn't even touch the ball last game. Not once did he touch the ball last game, I don't think. So, it's hard to break through, right? The Cats have talked extensively about how they have trust in these six inside linebackers in their 3-4 scheme. They've By name, they've named Michael Jobinchak, No Walker Cozy, Nolan Askelson, uh, you know, on down the line, Walker Cozy. I mean, they, they've named Josh Hill. I mean, all six of those guys have gotten reps in games. To me, though, when you're playing this style, I think you got to maximize that depth and, in turn, do not play Troy Anderson on defense. Yeah. Because, I mean, Troy Anderson's not going to be right until he's right, period. Yeah. It's a conspicuous situation because he's actually re-injuring. He's not, I shouldn't say re-injuring. He keeps having that ankle flare up on him because of offense. Because like you said, how else are you going to tackle the Minotaur? You, you can't get him on yeah. the ground unless you go low. Yeah. But he's going to keep tweaking it. I don't know. I think that's another interesting fold. But when you talk about uh, Montana State had a great scheme last year to stop the triple option. I thought they did really well against it until Joe Prothero got going. And then Joe Prothero, when he gets going, all of a sudden he ripped off a 55-yard touchdown. He ends up with almost 200 yards. But still, Montana State was able to mitigate it pretty darn well. The other interesting tidbit to throw in here, because I know we got to get out, is Jalen Hamler. He's from Lawndale, California. He went to Lawndale High School. He was the heir apparent to Chris Murray at Lawndale High School. Chris Murray, former Montana State starting quarterback, was the starter there for two years before Jalen Hamler. But Jalen Hamler throws the ball a lot better than Chris Murray. But it's it's amazing, though, given Jalen Hamler's athleticism, that Lawndale had back-to-back quarterbacks of that level of elusiveness. I mean, because Jalen Hamler can really run it as well. So I'm sure they were pretty fun to watch in high school for a four-year period of time. Uh, 
you and I, Colter, were in Bozeman uh, against when, when when the Cats played Cal Poly last season, right? And it was a physical football game. You know, we were on the sideline for that thing, and uh, and Joe Prothrow running at you for an entire game. Uh, a lot of dirt and a lot of black and blue after that one, but a win nonetheless for Montana State. And uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Uh, quick quick break. On the other side, it's time for a wing at Wednesday. 329-1899. Give us a call. 329-1899, that phone number. Uh, we got some trivia questions for you. These are Coulter's questions this uh, this this time. So Coulter's got some trivia questions for you. We'll see if we can't get you some wings and maybe even a shirt from the Desperado Sports Tavern. 329-1899. Call right now. Hey, it is fall. It is the 2nd of October, and your gutters, they need cleaning. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. That's who you got to go to. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Cleaning your gutters, it's a bummer. They're messy, they're wet, they stink. And getting up on that ladder, maybe getting on your roof, it's a recipe for a broken leg. Don't do it. Get MissoulaGutterCleaning.com to come in there, help you out, take care of all the issues that you have. They are insured. They are competent. They're good at what they do. They're even good people. They're nice. They're fun to be with. Okay, And when when the job is done, they will give you $20.00 to your favorite brewery or coffee shop. How about that? A gift card from someplace, a present back to you after the gutters get clean. Let Missoula Gutter Cleaning take care of your gutters for you. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, right in Tutel. Colton Nuanas here is some sports news for you. As high school football begins the second half of the regular season, the contenders and the pretenders are becoming more clear in this week's Treasure State Media Poll. Billings West held steady at number one in Class AA with 16 of the 22 first place votes. The Bears won four straight games entering last week's bye. Ute is the only 5-0 team in AA after beating Sentinel 39-36 on a last second field goal last Thursday in Missoula. The Bulldogs received the other six first place votes. Missoula Sentinel held at a high and Bozeman are each 4-1 and one and rounded up the top five in the double-A poll. Two other one-loss teams out of the top five, Helena Capital at 4-1 and the Hellgate Knights at 3-1. and one. In Class A, Billing Central 4-0 and number one after receiving 13 of 19 first-place votes. We voted them number one. Hamilton bounced back from its first loss of the season, a one-point defeat at Dillon that dropped the Bronx from the top spot for the first time. But Hamilton beat Frenchtown last week, and they come in at number two. Dillon number three, Frenchtown number four, and Miles City number five. In Class B, Fairfield is the unanimous number one for the fourth straight week. The defending state champs are 4-0, a mark that includes a win over number five, Missoula Loyola. Manhattan, which gave Loyola its other loss, is number two this week, while Eureka and Red Lodge are third and fourth. Fairview is the number one team in Class C. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Wednesday, do some trivia for you. Leonard Fournette, the younger brother of Leonard Fournette, also a running back at LSU, a running back at LSU, Nomas, leaving the football team. How about that, Coulter? Huh? Leonard Fournette out. Mm, I love Leonard Fournette. It's uh, Leonard Fournette. The story is really more of a story on account of Leonard Fournette. Mm. How about Leonard Fournette last weekend? 
pretty good. When his ankle's healthy, he is grown man. He is a grown man. What was he, wasn't he like the fourth overall top ten for sure? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, he, right? No, I but, get it. Yeah. Besides Adrian Peterson, Leonard Fournette is the is the best college running back in the last twenty years. It's Adrian Peterson, Leonard Fournette, and then everybody else. Mm. It is, man. Leonard Fournette is unbelievable. Mm, Christian McCaffrey's pretty great. Oh, come on, he's not there. even the best running back from Stanford in the last twenty years. Bryce Love and Toby Gerhart are both better. Not in the pros, but in college they were. Toby Gerhart was not better than Christian McCaffrey He's significantly, at Stanford. Significantly False. more productive. False. Significantly more productive. It's Tutel and Nuanas, but really it's only Tutel. 1029 ESPN Radio broadcasting live to you from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Uh, yes, thank you. Fourth overall in the 2017 draft. And uh, outstanding. I don't know. A rush for the most yards in the history of the sport. Pretty good. Chris McCaffrey. Uh, okay, let's go to the phones. Yes. Yes. Is that true? Ever. I don't, I, he had the most all-purpose yards. I do not think he had the all-time rushing record. We'll find out. Ross is on the phone to do some trivia with us. Ross, how you doing? I'm not too bad. What's up, guys? Doing great, Ross. Thanks for calling in. Get some wings if we can for you. These are Coulter's questions here that we're leading off with, so I don't know how it's going to go for you, but we'll give it our best here. You got three questions. If you get two of them right, you got yourself a basket of wings. If you get all three, you get yourself a shirt as well. And if you need help on any of these, I am your lifeline, all right? Deal. What's up, Coulter? What's up, Ross? Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me what wingy. Okay, now there was no. I mean, this sounds like we got buddies here. You didn't like email. You're not trying to get halvesies of wings out of this thing, are you? No, I only just recognized Ross's voice from calling one other time, and I asked him the most difficult questions in Tutel Nuana's history, all about (laughs) men's tennis. And there's no one that I thought in the world that was going to get these questions, and he went free for three. So good to have Ross back because because. I have I have really hard questions hear, again. Oh boy, let's hear them. What are what are are they themed? Today? They're themed questions. These are these are about baseball. These are about the specifically the Los Angeles Dodgers as okay. the MLB playoffs start to begin to get underway. So number one, when was the last time the Dodgers won the World Series? Man, Gibson. Uh, oh man, what year was Kirk Gibson? Eighty seven, eighty seven. Uh, Ryan, what you, you got? You got this one. On yeah, the let's let's do a, a lifeline on this. So you're you're right. I think Kurt Gibson, Oral Hershiser, that's the club. I want to say eighty eight is the number on this. By the way, Ross, are we on a? Are you got us in like a, a speakerphone? Or are you inside a porta potty? What's going on here? We got a lot of feedback here on this thing. I apologize for that. It's the former, not the latter. Right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, very good. Well, uh, I, my best guess on this, uh, Ross, is 88. I will tell you that I'm, I, it is within a year, maybe two at the most of that, but I am not, uh, I'm not sitting here and going for sure, for sure, pound the counter, it's 88, but that's my best guess for you. It's just 87. We'll go 88. That sounds good. You're a little older than I am. All right. 1988 is correct. Oral Hershiser, the MVP of that World Series, the last time the Dodgers won, almost, actually, I guess now over 30 years ago. Yeah. Amazing. amazing. And they've been in the last two or three. They've been in the last two. Two yep. for sure. Yep. All right. And uh, what, are you on the Dodger bandwagon here? Are you joining our buddy uh, oh, no. uh, Riley oh, Corcoran no. here? David just told me to uh, pick a uh, National League team to ask trivia questions about, and that was the only one I was certain was in the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> I really I, I, like the Marlins of one of them, though, you know? Like, oh, like, man. Right, yes. The Florida Marlins have indeed won two World Series since the Los yes. Angeles Dodgers have. Amazing. Okay, number number two. Between the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Los Angeles Dodgers, how many World Series have the Dodgers won in their history? Mm. Eleven. Eleven. Big number. What do you get? What is it, Coulter? Six. Ooh. He's within five. He's within the window he gave himself on that. Okay. Uh, six. Uh, because then the Dodgers went back-to-back, back, right? 87, 88? No, they did not. They did not. They didn't? They did not. I'll be doggone. All right. Okay, uh, so here, okay, here, here, here you go, three. though. Of those six World Series, how many have been won 
as the Brooklyn Dodgers and how many have been won as the Los Angeles Dodgers? Mm. Oh, man. Um, I'm I don't know. I'm, uh, I will go four Brooklyn to LA. Say one more time. Four Brooklyn to LA. I don't know. I don't know. That's a really. This is really hard. Actually, it's a, it's. A, I I actually don't think I could have even answered this. I asked this as a question because I thought it was going to be more on the Brooklyn side as well. Uh, but in fact, it's the complete opposite way around. The Brooklyn Dodgers were the perennial. Bridesmaids. They never. They could never quite break through, and then they finally did when they won the World Series in 1955. Uh, but then shortly thereafter, they moved to Los Angeles, and even the 1959 World Series was in L.A. When the Dodgers won that, that was I think their second year in L.A. Then they won again in '63. They won again in '65, and then again in '81. So five of the six Dodgers titles. Man. In LA. The Brooklyn Dodgers were kind of like the Vikings of back then. No, 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 because these Dodgers were at least making it to the World Series. The Vikings don't even lose the Super Bowl. They don't even get there. <laughs> Ross, it's a good joke at the end. You were within the window. You gave yourself. You got one right. We're still going to give you a whip basket, okay? You enjoy your wings over there at the Desperado, and thanks for calling in, okay? See you next time. There you go. Ross. Giving it his best go here. Not too bad, all things considered. You know, he did a nice job. Ron Dane, the all-time rushing leader, Wisconsin, did not do great in the NFL. 71-25 all-time. Tony Dorsett, number two. Yeah, I mean, Christian great. McCaffrey is not even... So it, it Christian must, McCaffrey... At all-time, all-purpose uh, all, all yards. Christian all McCaffrey yards. is, in fact, the... Uh, 138th all-time leading rusher in college football history with 3,992 yards. Yeah, in a year. No, no. He had one 2,000-yard <laughs> season. Again, I mean, I'm only arguing productivity. Well, go ahead. Toby Gerhardt was a better he – he had Toby Gerhardt and Bryce Love both had more single-season rushing yards than Christian McCaffrey's best season. Christian McCaffrey's a better and more diverse NFL player. He's a better and more complete back than those guys. Those guys were more productive than him in college. Not more productive. Better, they, they they ran the ball more. Not more productive. Do you remember Toby Gerhardt? I mean, he rushed of course. First. He became a Minnesota Viking. One of the great picks, once again, of the Minnesota Vikings. Go up there and get Toby uh, Gerhardt to run behind Adrian Peterson. Okay. Well, anyways. Um, Coulter, I feel like I had something else to talk to you about, but I can't think of it at the moment. It was something very, very... Pro- oh, who are you rooting for in the World Series? Anybody? Not the Yankees. See, I'm rooting for the Yankees, I think. So what? How? Stop. Yeah. Go home. No. Why? Well, there's nobody that I care about. I okay, would, but then I there's only one on thing the that Brewers. you should know. You shouldn't care about the Yankees. I don't know. It's the Yankees is like the easiest way out ever, man. I like Aaron Boone, and I like Aaron Judge, and they're a likable crew. All this... How? Who? Who's likable on the Yankees? Here's the thing. Everybody, Aaron Judge is not likable. Everybody... What? He doesn't have any personality whatsoever. He's, He's completely got a nondescript. He's giant gap in his front teeth. Oh, He's my here we favorite go. guy Here we ever. go. He's on the Michael Strahan team. Strahan, Madonna, Letterman, Judge, Tutel, Market, man. Let's go. <laughs> Everybody on that list but Judge has uh, definitely more personality than Aaron Judge. You know, he isn't. he does not have the most personality. I'm not going to argue that with you. He is, however... A child. I mean, what's he, 22? I mean, he's giant, but he's a kid. So, you know, give him some time. But here's the thing. Everybody's, you know... He's the, actually older than you think because he was in the minors for a long time. He's 27. The evil empire and the, the whole thing with the Yankees and the, the money and the, and the money's, the, 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 you know, that's fine. That's real. But ever since... I mean, what, since our last World Series in 2005 or something like that? I mean, it's been a long time since the Yankees have won. They are not the... Let's put it like this. Baseball has evolved to the point where simply going out and buying your World Series is no longer real. I mean, yeah! that's... No, 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 no. no but the Dodgers isn't. have played in two straight with the highest peril in the league, and the Red Sox had the second highest peril in the league last year to win it. How many times have the Yankees gone out and paid all the money to all the dudes and not won it? Right, but they still get in the playoffs, and there are only a few teams in baseball actually get in the playoffs. Well, they've missed the playoffs. I mean, right a, now... A fair amount. So, the Red Sox are in the playoffs, are they? I believe so. 
Well, Kansas City had the highest payroll in baseball. Actually, the, no, I don't think the Red Sox are in the playoffs. Red Sox are not in the playoffs. Cubs are not in the playoffs. Those are the two highest payrolls in baseball. Yep. But then you got the Yankees, the Nationals, the Astros, the Dodgers. I mean, they're all they're all buying their way in. But they're they're not they're not necessarily buying their way in. I mean, look, having the highest payroll in baseball that doesn't do you know market sharing in the way that the other that the NBA and 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 the NFL do. Of course, like there's always just going to be the richest teams. That's a reality, and those teams are going to have a decided advantage. That's fine. But it was once upon a time where you're just going to go out there and spend all the money, and it was going to be a guaranteed thing. The Royals won the World Series and went back to another World Series. I mean, I, I understand. I'm just saying it's just a flawed system, and it makes me not like it just as much. Okay. I like the Yankees this year. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Take a quick break on the other side. We got to talk. To Kevin Thompson. Kevin Thompson is the quarterback of the Sacramento State Hornets. They have been uh, one of the early sort of surprises, somewhat of a surprise. Been playing very well, uh, the Hornets have. And they open their conference schedule after a bye last week with Eastern Washington. Kevin Thompson, outstanding quarterback for the Hornets. He joins us right after this. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, that can take care of you. We got the new podcast, episode two, coming out. FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. Uh, a couple of guests this week to talk about FCS games at the national level. And Coulter and I go through all the Big Sky games against the number, a couple of the national FCS games against the number, and even rapid-fire a couple of FBS games against the number. Coulter, you went 5-2 and two last week. Pretty good. I went 4-3, and three, not as good, but still, you know, ahead, above 500. That's good. Uh, so we will, uh, we're having some fun on the old podcast. So uh, go ahead and check it out. FCS speculators podcast, uh, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. We go now to the Rangage brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the junior quarterback of the Sacramento state Hornet Sacramento state game of the week against Eastern Washington this week. Quarterback Kevin Thompson joining us. Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time out. How are you? Yeah, no problem. Uh, I'm great. How you doing? Doing outstanding. Thanks for asking. Well, great. Thanks so much for being with us, Kevin. I want to ask you first and foremost about the new guy in charge of Sacramento State, Troy Taylor. He comes in with a great reputation, both locally, regionally, and all around the entire West Coast when it comes to both high school and college football. Well, what's it been like to play for Troy Taylor? Oh, yeah, it's been great. Uh, going back to what you first said about him being a, being like a legend around this area, it's, it's funny you say that. As, uh, you know, right when he got hired, I'd kind of go out in, in public, and some people would see me, you know, wearing the the Sac State football gear, or they'd get word that, you know, I was on the football team. That's, they just, boom, right. Oh, Coach Troy Taylor, he's great. He's great. So he's, he's really well known around this community, which is actually really great to have because uh, people are really excited about Sac State football around here. And um, just, yeah, having, having, it's been great uh, working with him. It's, uh, it's definitely a di- it's different, uh, offensively different than anything I've done. I think it's really creative and, and and innovative, and it's really it's a really fun system for a quarterback to play in. Um, you know, I'm just really we're just really getting guys. He's just finding ways to get guys in open spaces, and I just I just got to get them the ball and let them do their thing. But yeah, this offense it's, it's the most fun I've had playing football for sure. 
Well, I'll tell you what, man. I want to take you back to that Arizona State game, and I know it was a, it was a close game. It went Arizona State's way uh, kind of late, but watching you play in that game and watching your offense go down in the desert and, and go against what is now, I think, a top 25 team in the country, the FBS last week, yep. uh, uh, level. What was that like in that game? And even in a loss, did you draw confidence out of that because of the way that you guys played and really went toe-to-toe with uh, with Herm Edwards and the group down there at Arizona <laughs> State? No, yeah, they're they're they were a, they're a really talented team. And, uh, you know, when we went down there, we, we, we were confident going in and, as well as coming out, but we, we thought we had a shot there, and um, we just they're they're a really good team, and we didn't execute as well as we wanted to. Our defense played lights out, um, but we just did we just couldn't uh, execute as consistently as we wanted to on offense. But definitely after the game, you know, we had some confidence. We thought, you know, if we just stay if we just stay consistent, keep working hard, and, and stay in the moment, and take take each day, you know. Uh, work hard each day then you know we got a shot shot to do something here some something special here so that's just kind of been our mindset coach Taylor has been preaching it just just focus on the day focus on today what do we got to do to get better today as cliche as it sounds that's, that's really the most important i think aspect of, of building the building the championship team what can you do today Kevin Thompson joining us. He's the quarterback of the Sacramento State Hornets. They are 2-2. Two and two. They had a bye last week in the what was the first week of the conference schedule. So your first conference game now is coming up, and it's Eastern Washington. Of course, you would open with Eastern Washington. They're a team that's kind of had a little bit of up and down so far this year, but they're coming off a win. But you know that there's you know plenty of talent on that team. When you look into uh, your crystal ball and look forward to the Eastern Washington Eagles this Saturday, what, what do you think about what what strikes you? Yeah, uh, they have those those two losses, the, the one to Jacksonville State and the one to um, to uh, Idaho. But they're still a great team. Like they're they're a very talented team. Um, the, those two losses don't don't really take away from from what they can do offensively and even defensively. They're they're really good up front um, from what we've seen. And so you know it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge for sure. But I think we're we're ready for it. A couple of years ago, you guys had a pretty good season, seven wins and uh, knocking on the door of, of the playoffs. And you come back last year with a bunch of returning starters and a bunch of guys that were headlining type players in the league, yourself included. You know, also guys like Elijah Dotson, who was one of the only guys that actually was able to stay healthy amongst your guys' premier players. But so many guys on the defensive side, namely George Obina, you know, Dre Terrell, Darren Schultz. I know all those guys went down. And yourself, you got hurt too. So last year, uh, probably a really disappointing year for you guys. But then in the offseason, you get granted not one but two extra years of eligibility, right? Yeah, that's correct. So t- so first of all, take us through just what was it like last year going through all that, but also then coming out on the other side and knowing you still have two years left. How'd that process work? And that must be pretty uh, – it must give you a lot of optimism knowing that you do have a couple years left of college football. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, last season, it was tough. It was, it was really disappointing. You know, in the moment when we were going through the season, it – it was tough, and a lot of people were were down, pretty down on themselves, especially the way it finished out. Um, but just looking back on that, I mean, those are those are great experiences, you know. Going through, through through tough times, losing, you know, if you can try to turn it into a good experience and a learning experience, um, then it can actually be a positive. So that's kind of the way I've looked at it. Is it's motivation. It's it's it was a good experience for us to kind of go through that. Um, like you, like we had a lot of hype going into the season, and just didn't live up to it. So you know, you learn that 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 stuff really doesn't matter, especially in this conference when you know teams can go from the bottom to the top just like that. And um, as far as yeah, learning about the appealing, doing the appeal for the medical hardship and getting those two years, it's been a it's been a blessing for me. Um, it's just kind of given me the opportunity to to pursue a master's degree as well as you know, get to play four full years of college football, which is, you know, what I wanted to do in the first place when I started my career. It's been a, it's been a bit of a different journey than most, but uh, it's one I've, I've been very thankful for and to just be able to have the opportunity to have these two years is huge. Yeah, I mean, this is crazy. You've already got your bachelor's degree. I mean, you're graduated, man, and you've still got two years of football to play. I'll get a PhD, man. What are you wasting your time for? Go do the whole yeah, that's, thing. 
that's the running joke around here. I tell people they're going to have to call me doctor by the time I get out of here. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Van Wilder, the quarterback <laughs> of the uh, Sacramento State Hornets, joining us. Uh, hey, Kevin, uh, want to ask, because maybe a lot of people may not know this, but originally, uh, when you were coming out of uh, Riverside High School there in Auburn, you went to UNLV. At the time when, when Bobby Houck, who is now the Montana head coach, was also around uh, there at UNLV and coaching that. What was that process like of being recruited by by Coach Houck and uh, and starting your career there in Las Vegas? That was great. Um, it was great um, meeting and developing a relationship with Coach Houck. You know, uh, I'm very appreciative of him and, and, and Coach Rosie, the OC there in Montana, um, just for giving me the opportunity to you know, even have a shot at playing Division One college football. There, that was my first offer coming out of of high school. Like four games into my senior season, I, I had no idea what my future, you know, with football was going to be going into my senior season. I was really just focused on you know having fun and trying to win. But they called me out of the blue and offered me a scholarship, and you know, I'm forever going to be you know thankful for Coach Houck and for just giving me that opportunity because it kind of put me in the position I am. And today, obviously, I wanted to, you know, play my career. I saw a good opportunity at the time at UNLV and wanted to play my whole career there and do something special there. But, you know, it, and I ended up here, and this has been a great place for me, and I'm very thankful for it. But, yeah, just, you know, Coach Hawk's a great guy. Um, he really connects with the players. So um, I think he's doing some good things over at Montana. So, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. And, um yeah, I always have a good relationship with Coach Howe. A lot of small world crossover when you talk about all this because Bobby Howe originally recruited UNA, UNLV, originally recruited Dalton Sneed, Montana's quarterback to UNLV, and then he yep. has a winding path through Fort Scott Community College all the way back to Missoula. You're from Auburn. Yep. Gresh Jensen, former Montana quarterback, from Auburn. I don't know if you guys had any crossover. Cause yeah. you, did you have some crossover there with Gresh too? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't know him. I never actually played against him. He was a bit younger than me, and right. uh, that the school he went to was in a, di- a little a different division at the time. Mm, okay. um, but I was definitely aware of who, of who he was. Gresh is not getting his master's degree right now. Let's start there. <laughs> okay, he's 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 behind a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, either way. What, what what's just your gauge generally right now on Sac Day? Because you guys have had an interesting schedule, playing two FBS opponents, playing well against Arizona State and Fresno State, but both losses. You hang seventy seven in your opener against a Southern Oregon team that you're quite frankly probably supposed to beat. But then you guys go yeah. fifty goose egg against Northern Colorado. That was a shocking result. I know Northern Colorado's struggling a little bit this year, but they did have a breakthrough last week. Beating Idaho, yeah. but fifty nothing against anybody is is a unbelievable it's a big number. It's an unbelievable mm-hmm. score. Um, but now, but then you have a bye to start off conference play. So just overall, just the general vibe of the team. Well, where do you think you guys are at? What's your enthusiasm level like going into this Eastern Washington game? Yeah, I think I think uh, we're all very confident. Uh, I think the defense is is playing really well this season, um, and uh, yeah, we feel we feel like every time we step out on the field that that we're going to have a chance chance to win the game and I think you know you, you kind of have to have that attitude you know to play football if you, if you don't go out there trying to win every game you know why why are you out there but uh yeah I think you know we're just trying to, to just take it one week at a time obviously but we're just having a lot of fun and and I have a lot of confidence in my teammates you know I think everyone's doing really well and uh we all just just love going out there and playing with each other and, and practicing every day it's just been a lot of fun so so we're just gonna you know, take that confidence, take that love of the game into every week and see how it plays out. Kevin Thompson, quarterback of the Sacramento State Hornets, previewing the game of the week in the Big Sky Conference. We'll try and do that every week around here. This week it's Sacramento State versus Eastern Washington. Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time out, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Tell you what, uh, Sacramento State after this week, Montana State and Montana respectively, uh, all of the Montana fans going to get a treat watching Kevin Thompson play. I mean, he is he is uh, as as good uh, uh, an athlete at the position as there is. Great throw of the football, really mobile, big, strong. Really like Kevin Thompson as a player, man. Really do. So we look forward to seeing him play. I said this on the FCS Speculators podcast, which you can check out here later on this week when we're picking this game. But later this evening, the, the thing is that Sac State's got to prove it, but they got a golden opportunity to prove it. Like you said, East Washington, Montana, Montana State. You go three and zero. All of a sudden, you're in the straight driver's seat. You go two and one. You're in the mix. You go one and two. Okay. You go zero and three. You're already you're already out. 
So the season right now, the next three weeks for Sac State. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.